The Odd Father Podcast with Chris Matthews and Pete Court. Hi, this guy here is Chris. He used to be a research scientist in the field of molecular biology until, he reckons, God told him he wanted him to look after a suburban church. And this is Pete, who used to be in commercial media until he became a novelist and started teaching people how to be highly creative. One thing we have in common, we've both met God. Yep, and we love people, but we really love God and we love being his children. But we both find being God's kids can be baffling. So... That's why we got together, not to find the answers, but to try and find the right questions. Here we are again, Pete. Welcome to the podcast studio. It's lovely to be back. And we have another question from our good friend, Lee, who uh, was listening to episode 28. If you haven't heard episode 28, you might want to go and check it out. Lee poses this question about that. G'day, Chris and Pete. Howdy. I found (laughs) the infallibility of the Bible came to irk me. If you visit every website of every major Christian church flavour, they will state that the Bible is infallible. Yet there is plenty of evidence to the contrary. A quick Google will bring forth plenty of evidence where the Bible contradicts, confuses and reflects its patriarchal roots. Oh, except when Jesus speaks, because he appears to be in favour of women. The church converted me from a non-believer to a believer, complete with a very wet baptism, and beguiled me with the promise that Jesus would bring nothing but sunshine, light and healing. That turned out to be a false promise. Ooh, okay. So there's a, there's a lot in that. Mm. Um, the infallibility of the Bible is a question. We have talked about this in the past. Um, go have a listen to episode 28 if you want. Do you want to quickly throw a, throw a, a blanket over that one? Do you believe the Bible is infallible? Uh, <laughs> put it this way, I don't believe there's such thing as the Bible being infallible in the sense that, and I think this is another one of our, our modern constructs, the Bible only existed as a Bible mm. once Gutenberg got his press going. Mm. Um, the Bible consisted of a series of scrolls before mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Um, and those scrolls, are not, as, as most of us sort of look at the Bible as a, it's not chapter one, chapter two, <clears throat> chapter three, and I've just right, built a right. great okay. Okay. non-fiction book. Just before you throw us all into the world of, yeah, it's questionable, it's, it's not inerrant, things are wrong in the Bible, because that's what a lot of people are hearing right now. They're hearing you say that the Bible has been put together by people and is therefore full of human error. Oh, no, I wasn't going to say that at all. Oh, good. Oh, okay. Um, I was going to say that the idea of the infallibility of the Bible really depends on what you think the Bible is trying to say to you. And if you've got that wrong, then it doesn't matter how infallible the Bible is, you've you've added fallibility. Right. Uh, And so... So the problem that Lee may be touching on is not that the Bible is wrong, but it's just not answering the questions he's asking. That's a good summation. Um, there's a great If you've ever watched any um, YouTube videos of Christian <laughs> apologetics, right. um, you'll see that there are people who 
uh, talk about there's something in 1 Kings mm-hmm. and there's something also in uh, Chronicles right. that talks about a particular king whose name I've forgotten yeah. who ascended to, the, number th- of them, to the throne when he yeah. was 34 in 1 mm-hmm. Kings and 42 mm-hmm. in the book of Chronicles. Right. And people point to this as it's obviously wrong mm-hmm. um, because the Bible doesn't explain why it's used two different ages. Right. Um, and I'm not going to explain it here because that's a fun thing for people to go and check out. Mm. Um, but there is actually a rational explanation mm. for the for the differences mm. there. So it's not it's not clear. I, I agree with his last point that it's often confusing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's full of errors in that sense. But a lot of people talk about the inerrancy of it. Is the is this whole thing that the Bible says that I believe it and that settles it? Right. Which I think is a very bad way of going about logical right. thought. Right. I'm just trying to think of uh, of a parallel in our in our world, and I'm thinking there's a football grand final um, gets played every year uh, in every every country, in every city, in every state, and it's a different grand final if you ask the different fans. So, you know, the winning fans will tell you this, the losing fans will tell you that the umpires did that. You know, th- there's a different way of looking at it. But that's the fallibility, is us as fans describing different elements of it. What is infallible is the fact that the game occurred and it was won and lost. Yes. So what is that won and lostness? What is the fact that the game was played about the Bible? What is not questionable? What is that story? Again, the the stories in the Bible Mm. have an inerrancy about them because they were inspired by God. But I think it's a question with football, Mm. there's a grand final Mm -hmm. and everybody knows the rules. Right. uh, and And what's being played. Yeah. And how it's how it goes down in a broad mm. sense in the Bible. I think we often apply that football metaphor mm. to um, the Book of Psalms right. exactly the same way we do to the Gospel of John. Mm. Now, the Book of Psalms is a book of poems. The Book mm. of John is a is a first person <laughs> narrative or a third person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a person narrative. Um, right. And so right. they are to be interpreted. I mean, if you think about it, poetry. Yeah. Is lies. Yeah, it's <laughs> poets lie to yeah. get a point across. They they exaggerate. They tell stories. They humor, comedy has to be alive because yes. it's got to exaggerate. Pun, yeah, puns yeah. and things puns, like that. Um, so, so basically, what you're saying is a lot of the Bible is Manchester United trying to explain why Manchester United could not win the Rugby World Cup because yeah. they're a soccer team. You know, and this is a different game. So there are different games being yes. played in the Bible and so there are different ways of different rules, different yeah. explanations. Different okay. interpretations of infallibility. Okay. okay. But what is the Bible about? Wow. How long, <laughs> how long have you got? Well, what are, can, you, yeah. can you, in a nutshell, what, when, when, so when Lee went into a church and they, they said the, or goes online and finds all these arguments about why the Bible is wrong, why the Bible is wrong, why the Bible confuses and everything, we're getting all this wrong because we're reading the wrong bits, we're playing the wrong game, whatever. What should the Bible tell us? The Bible should tell us that we need a saviour. Uh, and it's full of evidence for that, if you like. And mm-hmm. it's full of people who have operated with that thought in their lives. Mm. And to give it its due, it's included them 
their stuff ups as much as their victories. Mm, mm. Uh, mainly because it had to, because I think pretty much everyone was a stuff up. You, you, um, you couldn't tell a story without yeah. people stuffing up. Yeah. Um, and in fact, the the, the uh, fallibility of its characters, if you like, mm. is perhaps one of its greatest strengths mm. uh, in terms of showing um, God's character. Okay. Okay. So using our metaphor again of different football games and different things, the, the, those, these football games aren't going to match together. But what is consistent in the Bible is that God is love. God created us to be with him and to be in love with him. And we keep screwing that up by breaking the rules of the game, whichever game that happens to be. But there is a winner. Yes. Uh, and, and I think that's the interesting thing because yeah. uh, it's, it's like because you talk about football codes, yeah, yeah. And, and if you if you you can actually apply that to the Bible, there is a code for for Genesis that's different from the code to the Song of Solomon, yeah. which is different to the code for uh, Psalms, uh, which is different to the code for the Book of Jonah, yeah, which is actually code on its own, and the and the letters and uh, yeah, Paul's chatting and the the and, Gospels, and so I think different, yeah. Yeah. What we, when when a modern Western person tries to say that the Bible is infallible, mm. we are looking at it as though it is a single document with a single way of telling us a single set of truths. It ain't the one game, and it it ain't no. It's it's the world of football. So Lee's other problem, uh, as he said, is that um, he went to this church and, and was baptised in a very wet baptism. Um, he said, they beguiled me with the promise that Jesus would bring nothing but sunshine, light and healing. That turned out to be a false promise. Is a church that beguiles people with the promise that Jesus will bring nothing but sunshine, light and healing, is that really a Christian church? Could be, but I'd say it was a bad one. Because it's a wonderful sales pitch. It is, um, and I, I think the the problem the problem we have with used car salesmen <laughs> is that their sales pitch is full of untruths. Mm. Not not all used car salesmen. Some some used car yes. salesmen. Some the, 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 the stereotypical. The stereotypical. Yes. So okay. apologies to honest used car salesmen out there. Um, um, could could you please send us a card? Uh, yeah, but sorry, yes. Anyway, so yeah, the, the stereotypical yeah. used car salesman who will wind back the clock yeah. and lie about this and just and to I, sell you the thing. Right. I think okay. the, the kicker in, in what Lee experienced was only, it's not that God doesn't promise those things, mm. but he doesn't promise that they'll be the only things we'll experience in life. Yeah. Um, and I think there's an enthusiasm and an excitement, especially uh, for um, people who are new to the faith and mm. new to church, uh, new to, I mean, he mentioned the fact that you know, uh, as getting involved in the worship was, mm. was euphoric. Yeah. Um, and I think we make the mistake of uh, assuming that any as in any relationship, mm. there's a honeymoon period. <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's you know, that's a marriage. True. That's true. Yeah. And even our relationship yeah. with God, the, mm. the, there's a, a time where there's a, um, a haze, if you like, mm. uh, that carries us through the problems that we're having mm. uh, before. You know, yeah. Paul talks about it. You know, there are some of you who are only ready to drink milk yeah. and I come with meat. Yeah. 
and and I think there's a, there's a difference uh, in in the way um, we approach our faith. That mm. initially we we're given milk the milk of faith mm. um, until we're ready for the meat of it, um, which involves using our teeth and and, uh, mm-hmm. and sometimes having to use toothpicks. And uh, as we said before, in fact, just last week uh, in talking about overcoming our Goliath, that we're actually and we've mentioned this on more than one occasion that when you do truly step out in faith and when you do truly walk with God. You're going to get covered in poo. People, yep. the, the world is going to throw things at you. It is going to be difficult, and I think this is what Lee is experiencing, and I think this is what many, many people experience. And and the the option is to just pull out and go, okay, that's not what I was promised. Mm. And I think what he's touched on is that we have a promise in the churches, in in the selling of the church, if you like, or even in the labelling of our churches, that is not really one we should be making. Perhaps I mean, I think if you know we have. St. John's Church, we have Holy Trinity Church, we have the Church of This, we have all these churches that have all these wonderful names. I wonder whether it would be more honest if we just renamed it the Busted Church, the, ch- <laughs> the Church of Broken Stuff. Yeah. And people would come to that and go, yeah, I'm broken too. This church is, you're all broken? Yeah, okay, I'll hang out with you people rather than, you know, the Church of the Shining Sepulchre or whatever it happens to be. Yes. Take 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 that out of it because, and this is this is again going back to the infallibility of the Bible and why that's confusing and stuff. The Bible is God's word. A church building, I think, and and this community that Lee has come into and the the the, the community we work into, that's a human community. Mm. That is not infallible. Yeah, evidently not. Yeah, and um, we, we 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 should be we should be good with being broken. And, and we should we should be good too with not promising the world. <laughs> yeah, because um, I, I think yeah, in our own enthusiasm, especially if we've introduced somebody to our church, we want to p- paint our church in the best possible light, uh, and our God in the best possible light. Um, and sometimes I think we speak for God things would not speak for Himself with. That makes sense. <laughs> we take on the uh, job of God's ambassadors without asking God's permission first. Or I think even even more, we take on the job of being God's salespeople. Yes. And I don't think God ever sells himself. God never does that. It's not a position he advertises. So, what do you reckon? We'd love to hear what your questions might be and what sort of answers you came up with. So you can email us, podcast at theoddfather.net, or you can jump onto the web, theoddfather.net, and check all the socials there, and we'll talk to you then. Thanks for your time, and keep asking those questions. 